it is really important that we are a healthy church. Our new series, Wholeness, is designed to help us all reach our full potential and be productive in our lives. Well-being, of course, is a popular concept today as our world becomes increasingly complex and our lives busy. I recently read this headline in a daily paper, Prince's project to get fans chatting before games to boost their well-being. Prince William has suggested delaying kickoff times for football matches by one minute to encourage conversations. This is to tackle mental health issues. And certainly, talking to one another is very important. In the same newspaper, an advert read, Lose weight and live well. There is a growing interest in good eating and regular exercise. We here at Alive believe that the Bible is a source of health and well-being and is filled with advice on wise living. The Bible teaches a holistic approach and in this series we will look at the unity between physical, emotional and relational health. In his ministry, Jesus didn't just deal with people's physical sickness but address the spiritual issues also. He would say, for instance, your sins are forgiven. And he would say, be made whole. At 3 John verse 2 says, Dear friend, I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. I really believe this series will be a help and a real encouragement to all of us. Remember, Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. Have a great, great day. Fab. Thank you, guys. Good to see you all. Um, it's an absolute pleasure for me to, to come and share on this because it's a topic that's particularly close to my heart. Um, something that, that really I... I've dwelled on loads over the past sort of three years and tried to understand the dynamic between how our mind works and the relationship with God. You know, and I grew up in a church where, uh, well, I grew up in New Life as it was, um, a church that was faith-filled and um, and these really positive messages around put your trust in God and everything's possible. And I strongly believe that. That is something that I retain to the core of me. But as I go through life and as I come across things that are particularly difficult and I hit walls in my life and barriers in my life, I'm faced with that idea of having to wrestle with how does that work when I pray for something and it feels like God's not coming through for me or it feels like what I'm asking for isn't getting there. How does that whole idea of just hand it over to God and everything will be okay work? And that's really where I've landed over the past few years really, how we, how we wrestle with our responsibility in all of this um, aspect of our lives. So, um, let's just give it up for the worship team, by the way, because I thought they're amazing. Um, I thought they're amazing. And, and Dan said it, but I just want to reiterate it. The presence of God is in this place this morning. And just because Sam stopped twinkling his keys doesn't mean that he's just gone to the toilet. He's still here. Um, and I feel, if I'm really honest with you, I feel really heavy, like the burden of this message I feel really heavy about because I've had a couple of conversations with people even today where this is real, like this is real stuff. And um, 
really helpfully before you get up and preach. Um, you want one of your friends, Rach. Um, she came to me and said, oh, you're really tired, Ben. You look really tired. You had a late night. No, Rach, I went to bed really early. But I feel really burdened because I feel like there's some good stuff that, um, that this message is going to bring to you today. So we're on this whole idea of, um, of wholeness. And um, the title for this morning is A Wholeness Mindset. We're going to focus in on two particular Bible verses. So I'm just going to read them, um, and then we'll come back to them, and we'll kind of unpack what they mean. The first one's from Romans 12, 2. It says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And secondly, from Colossians 3, 1 to 4, Since then... You have been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Two fascinating verses, um, and two verses that I think we've we've mentioned over the past few years as we start to try and unpack this, but ones that we want to go into a little bit deeper today. So Joe kicked off wonderfully last week um, and talked about this concept of shalom. Um, And it's this whole idea of being complete um, in our well-being, every aspect of our lives feeling complete. And she talked about the whole idea of peace, of harmony, wholeness, completeness, prosperity, welfare, tranquility, this idea of shalom. And what I want to sort of unpack today is how our mindset can determine whether our journey towards shalom is effective or not effective. We've got a huge role to play in this. It's something that is talking about our perspectives, our thoughts, our feelings, our attitudes, our beliefs, how all of that stuff that just feels like it's internal makes such a difference um, to the world around us and the journey that we go on with God. Um, there was a Christian counsellor goes by the name of Selwyn Hughes. Is that right? It's Welsh, isn't it? Selwyn Hughes, good guy. And he said, to win the battle of the mind is to win one of the greatest areas of life. It is said that no real change can take place until a person's thinking changes. That is so true. Do you know what? You get what you think. Have you ever noticed that? You get what you think. When something consumes your thought life, how many of us notice that that is really easy to bring into any single conversation that we want to have that day? I'll give you an example. Um... For Christmas, Kat got me a um, speaker to play music through, and it had Alexa built into it. Has anybody got an Alexa? They're cool, aren't they? Um, I got um, I got really into Alexa and started um, researching how many different ways in which Alexa could help my life. I got a little bit too deep, if I'm honest with you. And it started to consume about 87% of my thought process over the Christmas period. Um, you'll be pleased to know the other 13% was about the, the, the birth of Christ and all of that. Um, but 80%, 87% was Alexa. And um, as a result of this, my brain was full with thoughts of Alexa. 
and what it could do and the benefit that she could bring into my life. And every conversation I went into, regardless of what the start of that conversation happened to, I somehow managed to squeeze Alexa into there. So I was going and talking to a brother-in-law and he's talking about how he may be looking at moving house this year. Great, yeah, that's really interesting, you're moving house. Let me just tell you about this little thing called Alexa. Because when you've got your house, she can come and she can help you. And every, every conversation I had ended up getting there. Why? Because what I think, I get. And it goes one step further. Because if I'm starting to think about things that I want, I think about them. I have conversations about them. I convince myself that the things that I'm talking about and I want are the things that I need. You remember last time I talked about confirmation bias and how that happens. And we end up buying the thing that we do. Needless to say, I've got another speaker in another part of the room, uh, in another part of the house that's got Alexa on it also. Um, and this is how we work as humans. And it's interesting because God has given us this unbelievable gift in our mind and he's also given us some incredible instruction through the Bible as to how we need to tame that and how we need to use it to the benefit of him and not the benefit of Amazon. Because <laughs> that's what it's about, isn't it? If we start to realize that 87% of our thought process is about the amazing things that God has done in our lives and the amazing things that God can do in the lives of the people around us, they're going to be the conversations that we have because we can't help it. And they're going to be th the things that we attain. I think Dan's enjoying this, but I'm hoping other people are also. Cool. So our mindset, our perspectives, they have a massive bearing on this whole idea of our wholeness journey. Because if we're to work in partnership with God to get to a place of shalom, we've got to be so active in it as well. We can't be passive. We can't just hand the responsibility over to God and go, there you go, God, deal with that. We've got to be an active part in this. So let's pick up on that, on that first verse then, Romans 12, 2. And the first point that I want to make is about renewing our minds. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. In order for us to determine what God's good, pleasing, and perfect will is, we need to change the way that we think. We need to do what the Bible calls a process of renewing our minds. Now, I don't know about you, but when I think of the word renew, I think about car insurance, weirdly. Does anybody else think about car insurance, home insurance? Um, and so I had to really sort of dwell on this idea of renew because I was like, that just feels, renew in the realms of car insurance and house insurance just seems like, oh, it's come up again for that time for us to just renew. And if that is the version that the Bible's talking about, then I don't think that's particularly helpful. That once a year we go, oh, let's have a look at our thoughts. What can we renew about it? And now let's move on with the rest of our lives. No, it's not about car insurance renewal. It's about increasing the life of something or getting rid of something that is old. Now, Joe always talks about this phrase, and I love it. Science is always catching up with Scripture. And we know through scientific research that we can do this process that the Bible is talking about, renewing our minds. We can take our thoughts captive and rewire and renew our brain because it's made of a material called neuroplastic, which physically moves and shapes. 
we can change the way that we think. And I'm going to prove it right now. And I need three volunteers to prove this point. All the hands go up. <laughs> John, Lawrence, always a volunteer. Anybody else? I need one more. Bear, come on. Let's give Bear a round of applause. Good to see you back. Rachel to other people. That's just my name for you, isn't it? Yeah. Right, what I want you to do is I want you to all stand um, and face that screen there. You're going to need some space, guys. Remember in old school PE and you needed to do that thing? You need to do that, Lawrence. You also need space behind you as well because this is going to involve spinning around. Okay. So I'd also love to, to do a little bit of research into why these three people decided that they would volunteer given that I haven't told them anything about what this is. There's something interesting about that, isn't there? Right, so what I want you to do is I want you to put your point your finger directly in front of you like this. Okay. And I want you to look directly down your arm so that you see the tip of your finger. Everybody can do this at home if you want. You see the tip of your finger. And then I want you to look beyond your finger and see what your finger's pointing at. Okay? And then I want you to gradually... Work your way around in a clockwise direction. Come on, guys. Clockwise. Work your way around. And as you're working your way around, don't... Who said move your feet, John? <laughs> Nobody said move your feet, did they? Keep your feet straight. Move, you, move your body, but keep your feet straight. And as you're moving around, I want you to take absolutely everything in as you're looking down your finger. You're working around. Lawrence, you're seeing that home sign. It's beautiful. You can see the speaker the pull-up banner, work your way around until you get to the point where you feel like that is, that is as far as I can go. You there, John? You look uncomfortable. You feel uncomfortable. Okay, and then look down your finger and focus on exactly what it is that you can see. Rachel, you there? Okay, you got it? Lawrence? You didn't get very far, Lawrence. Okay, right, now, reset. Reset. Close your eyes. Without moving... I want you to go on exactly the same journey, okay? So you're looking down your arm, you're seeing what's in front of you, you're seeing the screen, and you start to spin without moving. And you're seeing the curtains, you're seeing Matt Irwin over on the PA desk, he's just looking great. He's living life, and you, and you keep on going round. Lawrence, you get to the home screen, you keep on going, you keep on going, and then you get to that point. Are you doing that because I pointed you out? Yeah. And you get to the... Bear, you need to stay still. You get to the point where you got to, okay? I want you to focus on that point. But then go past it in your mind. Go past it. You get past the drums and you get over to the other screen. Okay, reset. Right, now open your eyes. John, spin round as far as you can. Keep spinning. Whoa! That's weird, isn't it? Why do you do that? Let's give these guys no, it let's give these guys a round of applause. I'm going to tell you why you do that. <clears throat> that is an experiment that demonstrates how our minds work weirdly. Okay, because what we do is we create in our brains what are called neural pathways, and they are I like to think of these like a cornfield. Okay, imagine your brain being a cornfield and you're walking up and down your cornfield. And if you go on the same path all the time, that cornfield will get well trodden. And you can go quickly up and down that cornfield, can't you? Start to think about this in terms of how our brains work and our thoughts work. We can very quickly go down the same train of thought. 
And the reason that that happened with those guys is because they, they'd got in their mind how far they can get. That's as far as I can get. But we can retrain our brain to say, no, you can go further. And you use your imagination. And the, the, the relationship between our conscious and our, and our imagination is so close that you can use your imagination to go past where you thought possible before. And you can then do it in the reality. That, ladies and gentlemen, is an example of how we can use some of this stuff in our lives for good, not just spinning around and looking like heroes. You have thought the same things over and over and over again, and you trick yourself into thinking that's as far as you can think. But God says, renew your mind. Change the way that you think, because you can go further than you've ever gone before in my name. It's pretty good, isn't it? Um, so, um, we're going to be uh, providing some notes and stuff to do in Connect Groups. So, if you're in a Connect Group, Ace, you're going to experience this. If you're not in a Connect Group, get in a Connect Group so you don't miss out. Where we can start to do um, some declarations and we can start to explore what it looks like to renew our minds, to retrain our thoughts so we can think beyond what um, seems humanly possible. Our mind is the connection between the outer world and the inner world. And um, when our mind is renewed, the more our lives are transformed. Um, and we get this ability to what the Bible verse there says, test and approve the will of God. So when we renew our minds, when we get into a place where our mind is living in a state of shalom, in a wholeness, we can actually, what the Bible says, test and approve what the will of God is i.e. understand whether this is the will of God in our lives. It doesn't say if we renew our minds, then our lives are going to be brilliant. What it says is we've got then the ability to see things clearly, to see things from the perspective of God. Does that make sense? Yeah. And this is great news. Um, it's great news that we can be celebrating the way that our mind works, that it's not fixed, that God made it movable and changeable so that we can be better people for his kingdom. So that's point one, renew your mind. Point two, set your mind. Uh, and this is where we pick up on the verse from Colossians. So since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. For you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. The scripture then goes on to show that where we choose to fix our mind impacts our behavior and our wholeness and the standards that we live by. So I'm going to continue reading. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now you must get rid yourself of all of these things, such as anger, rage, malice, slander, filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other since you have taken off your old self with its old practices and have put on your new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge, in the image of its creator. That is a slap in your face scripture, isn't it? Let's not become so comfortable with our own versions of Christianity that we gloss over scripture like that. 
Like, it is good. Um, there is obviously grace available to all of us. Romans 8 talks about there being no condemnation. If you read through that list and you've tripped up and some of those things on them list, uh, on that list is a part of your story, there is no condemnation. When you enter into a relationship with Jesus, he takes the place for all of those things. But let's not ignore the fact that it's still real solid sound advice to live against those things. It's the equivalent of like driving down a road at 100 mile an hour knowing that you're not going to get caught. It's still wrong, isn't it? Still wrong. So um, Colossians tells us that when we died, that our life is now hidden in Christ. This idea of dying is an idea of surrendering our self-rulership and our own way of thinking. We surrender that, we give that up, and we give the rulership of our lives over to God. It's the same in the, the previous verse that we talked about, conforming to the world. Don't conform to the world, but be renewed. Conforming to the world is about this concept of um, what we create an outward disguise to be. Um, and renewing our mind is about this, this inward thought process of how can we change what, the way that we think. The world says, put your eyes on yourself, doesn't it? Everywhere we go, put your eyes on yourself, have what you want, do what you want, when you want. But the word says, put your eyes on God and think the things that God thinks. So instead of focusing on these earthly things, we need to fix our minds on the things above. And Philippians 4 gives us a great model of what this looks like. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about these things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put this into practice and the peace of God will be with you. So if you prefer to be a positive outlook kind of person and think, no, I want a template of things, what to do, not what to do. That is your verse. True, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable. Imagine if we were people that only had thoughts that ticked those boxes. I think there's still space to have thoughts about Alexa and tick those boxes, in all honesty. Because what, what I'm not going to stand up here and say is that we, we need to become these kind of Zombies walking around just quoting Bible verses. That's not the reality, is it? Because if we begin to do that, we, we lose sight of what is around us. We become different and in a bad way. No, what we want is to, is to be in the world but not of the world. We want to be able to relate to people, to have a relationship with people that think very, very differently but not fall out. We need to be able to do this Otherwise, we're not going to see people's lives change because they're going to completely discount us from any conversation. They're going to discount us from the conversations that they're having with the non-Christian friends because they know that they're not going to judge them. We're going to get discounted from conversations that we need to have if we're being weird about it, in all honesty. But that list, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, I think we can all, as people... Without being weird, we can tick those boxes and consume our minds with those things and let that come out of us. Let those be the conversations that just naturally spark up. Um, 
which I think is amazing. Do we think we can do that? I do. Um, so we know that what we think affects our peace, affects our, that shalom um, and our wholeness. And then point three, we need to use our mind. Scripture tells us that we are not at the mercy of our minds. We do have the God-given ability to renew them, to choose our thoughts, to take captive our thoughts that do not line up with Scripture. Somebody here today needs to know that you are not your thoughts. They really do. And I feel really heavy about that because I think sometimes there's people that wander about with these really dark thoughts and the enemy is tricking them into thinking that that is who they are. And that actually all you're doing through your life is spending your entire life trying to hide from the world who you really are. That is not true. I'll tell you what is true. That you can control what you think. You can change what you think. It's not easy. And I'm going to give you some stats here that prove it's not easy. But it is possible. In 2005, um, there was some research um, on thoughts per day and some fascinating stats that came out of it. On average, it was found that the average person has between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. I think I'm about 61 <laughs> because I'm in a period in my life where there's loads going on, loads of thoughts just sparking about, but between 12,000 and 60,000 thoughts a day. And of those thousands of thoughts, it was found that 80% of them were negative. 80% negative. And then this is even more staggering. 95% of them were thoughts that we had the previous day. So, like, and I can all see you now going, yep. <laughs> so what, what, I'm, what I'm reading, and I don't need to be an amazing statistician to figure this out, but 5% of our thoughts are new a day. That's what, we're, well, that's what we're dealing with. This is research. This is uh, like some of us it might, there's a continuum, isn't there? Some of us might be out 80% of this and 100% of this. But that is, that's the stats. We're dealing with 5% that we can change. Well, I want to stand here today and say, I'll tell you what, if we've got 5% to deal with, guys, let's make the most of that 5%. Let's fill that with the goodness of the word of God. Let's fill that with wholesome conversations that actually make a difference to our lives. There was another interesting study as well in which scientists found that 85%, so of the 85% of the 80% that, uh, that negative, 85% of those were about worry. And those 85% of worry were things that never happened. That's a lot of time, isn't it? I mean, I'm not going to do the maths now, but let's say an average person, 50,000 thoughts a day, 85% of those are about worry, uh, and worrying about stuff that's not going to happen. Either stuff that has happened in the past that you can't change, or stuff that has the potential to happen that you can't change. And we're stuck here, worrying about it. Like it's, it's odd, isn't it? It is odd. And... Then, of those 85% of, uh, sorry, of the 15% of stuff that, uh, that did happen, I know there's lots of percentages thrown out here, but I'm trying to illustrate the point. Of the 15% of the worries that people worried about that did happen, 
79% of those things, the people found that they actually could deal with them or that their lives were made better as a result of it. So we are talking about tiny, tiny percentages of things that if we're not careful, if we try and go it alone and just try and live the way that these researchers have shown, that we're just going to do it on our own, that we've got 5% that's ours. And the rest of it is just pre-populated, automated thoughts that we're not going to do anything with. Well, I want to stand here today and stand against this statistic. And I want to say that, no, as a Christian, I strongly believe that when I renew my mind, when I start to think upon the things that the Bible talks about and get it from a God perspective, that my life looks a little bit different. So we're going to move into uh, a time of application. I'm going to ask uh, Sam if you, and the team if they want to come up as well, because I, I want to get into a place where we can respond to this, because sometimes we, um, at the end of a preach, we, we get riled up, don't we? We're like, yeah, I want to do something about this. And sometimes it then just moves very quickly into, let's go and have some, some fun on the bouncy castle. And I don't want to miss the opportunity um, to really grab hold of what this means. I think it's so crucial that we as Christians start to get a grasp of the importance of living a life of shalom, where we feel like our lives are balanced, like we're whole inside every aspect of our lives. If every single person in this room got to a place where they even half looked like that, then, was that somebody's Siri? Yeah. <laughs> They were, yeah, coming in. If we could even get to a place where half of our lives look like that, the damage that we could do for the kingdom would be massive. I want us just to all close our eyes for one minute. Your life looks completely different to my life. And I can imagine in my life the people that I come into contact with and the things that they're going through. And I want you to imagine the people that are in your lives. And as we think about this application, about renewing our minds, how can we begin to renew our minds according to Scripture? How can we begin to align what God says about us with our own thought processes? We start to ask ourselves, who around us do we have that we can impact? Who around us on the flip side, do we have that can recognize when we've slipped into our old way of thinking and that we're not setting our mind on things above? What are we filling our minds with? It might seem a little bit old-fashioned, but what are we watching? What are, what are we listening to? What conversations are we engaging ourselves in? Because this makes such a difference. It's time to make some new tracks in our cornfields. Yeah. really is, guys. Because if we don't, we're just going to be 95% of the time thinking about the same stuff, bumbling through life. We've got to make some new tracks. So I want to finish with a Bible verse and then Sam's going to ring a song. Sorry that we've run over slightly. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 16 says, The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things. 
But such a person is not subject to merely human judgments. For who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? When we accept Jesus into our lives, we give up self-ownership. We give up the ability to say, I'm going to choose because I know what's right for me. We, we hand that over to God and say, God, you take the wheel. You take me where I need to go. And that Bible verse says that when we do that, we can make sound judgment. When we're taking on the thoughts and the thought processes that God wants us to have, we can make sound judgment of what our lives look like. So I'm going to quickly pray and then we're going to sing a song that, that talks about how Jesus being in the center of every single aspect of our lives and what that does and how that touches us. And Father God, I thank you so much for these incredible gifts that you've given us in the top of our heads. Our minds, our inner thoughts, our thought processes, the things we dwell on, the things we worry about, they're your creation. And Father God, I pray that everyone in this room today gets a sense of handing the ownership and the responsibility back over to you. So we can walk in joint partnership with you to understand what a healthy mind looks like, what a healthy perspective looks like, and how having healthy mind and healthy perspective enables us to walk through the inevitable challenges that we are going to face in our lives a little bit easier a little bit more well-rounded with what you want for us. So I pray for those people that feel like this is a struggle, um, people that have, that have had depression, people that suffer with deep anxiety, people that suffer with um, the same thoughts over and over and over and over again. Yeah. I lift you up to God right now. I pray, God, you come down and you break some of these walls. I pray you enable us to make new tracks in our cornfields so that we can think freely. You've called us to a life of freedom. And I tell you what, when you are stuck in depression or anxiety or going over the same thoughts, that is the biggest prison you will ever find in your life. That is not what God called us to. He called us to a place of freedom.